for the past eight months, I'll admit, I have been spending like a madman. Definitely financially irresponsible to the point where it's just like, damn, bro, like, chill out. I've gotten to the point where I don't even look at the bill anymore because I know that shit's just going to ruin my mood for the rest of the night. Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode five. My name is Ajay Patel, and I am a currently... I'm currently a victim of the price of LA. And I get it. You know, it's like, don't blame LA for how much you're spending. You're spending that. But it it just doesn't help, right? It doesn't help that I'm in LA, where you're in a new city. You want to try different restaurants. You want to go to different places you see on um, TikTok, uh, places that people tell you about. In addition to that, you want to go try the places nearby, whether it's Malibu, Pismo, Santa Barbara, you want to travel, you want to go around, right? And then it's also just maybe a little bit more generational, right? Like I don't have the biggest discipline. I don't have the biggest discipline to save money. Like let's say my parents may have, but also you're just exposed to so much more. I don't know. It's like kind of a trade-off, right? Like, do I think if my parents were born in this generation and they had my situation, would they be saving money? I don't know. I don't think so. And I do think that is how, like, that's a big mindset because how your parents raised you is sometimes either steers you to how you continue to spend or like, let's say you grew up eating waffles, you never really went to fancy restaurants that often, you go to Applebee's, you go to Chili's, like myself, you end up in my lane where it's like, ah, shit, now that I got this freedom, I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to go to different bars. I'm going to go to different restaurants. I'm going to travel till my card gets declined. Let me tell you about a typical night out, right? So you're either going to Uber to your dinner. Um, and if you're not Ubering, you're driving and you're more than likely gonna pay for some type of valet service. That can range from $6 to $20. You never know, right? I guess it just depends what pocket you're in, I guess, what restaurant you're at. And you're gonna valet, right? People say like, oh no, bro, we'll just find street parking. Dude, I do not wanna sit in this car for 20 more minutes trying to find parking, wait to see if you can parallel park, and then go around finding signs all over the street to make sure you don't get towed somewhere throughout the night. So that's an expenditure there, an expense there. Now you're paying for dinner. Average dinner price, I would say, is about $20 per item. Let's say you have a couple drinks, you get an entree, you get some sides, maybe an appetizer, and then dessert. That bill is going to come out to at least $100, no matter where you go, honestly. And look, I get it. Like, oh, yeah, well, if you go to Koreatown, or if you go to this small little pocket in LA, then it's going to be much cheaper because places aren't as bougie, all that stuff. I know. Okay, cool. I'm talking about the places that I have currently experienced. I do want to try all these taco trucks. Like when we first moved here, um, I think we were picking up something from Walgreens and I said, yo, like I want to try this taco truck. They gave me three tacos for $2. Now that's kind of scary, right? Like when, when a place does that, you're like, wait a minute, you know, like you get suspicious if they charge too little. Like when Burger King was doing 20 spicy nuggets for $1.50, I wasn't buying that shit. Because it's like, all right, no way. No way am I spending 
that little amount of money on that much food, there's no way I'm going to trust it. At this age, I do think if I was in middle school and that deal came up, I would have been killing that shit. But at this age, you know, you do get suspicious at stuff like that. Those tacos ended up being the best things, best tacos I had while I've been in L.A. But I'm not talking about a taco truck or, uh, you know, small little establishments like that. I'm talking about if you're going to a restaurant that you found on social media, someone told you about uh, whether or you're going out for someone's birthday at these places that can handle larger parties, you're on average going to spend at least $100. And let's say you're going out after that. And this isn't just an LA thing at this point, right? This is everywhere thing. But when you add on how expensive LA is, you start feeling the impact of the price much more. And what I'm talking about is when you go out with people, and let's say you're in a group of five, right? And you get to the bar, you're like, all right, I'll, I'll get the first round. Each one of those will be $20 each. A shot at a nice establishment will more than likely run you at least $16. And that's wild because now you just bought, let's say, let's say you just go with the drinks, five drinks. You just spent $100 right there. And now you kind of just have to hope that the other people in the group, let's say they're not like your close friends, right? Let's say that you don't know that they are going to spot the next drink, kind of how a good social circle works. But now they're not buying the next drink. Now you go get you and your significant other the next drink. That's another 40 bucks. And don't forget about tipping. We're going to talk about that in a second. But now you're spending there. You Uber back, or let's say, I guess you shouldn't be driving back at that point. Let's say you're Ubering back. That's another cost. And then you're Uber eats ing, Uber eating, Ubering? You're Uber eating some food over to the place, whether it's Taco Bell, McDonald's, whatever it is. That's another probably 50 bucks. That shit adds up. And that's just one night out, right? Like, let's say you have multiple birthdays throughout the week to do, or you're bouncing around from party to party. I don't have that issue right now because I don't have that many friends here. But it's not an issue I'm looking forward to find, right? Like, I know friends that have been, you know, like, oh, yo, yeah, I got to go here and then I got to go here and then I'm going to go see this person at the last place. You're going to end up spending probably $300. The shit adds up. And then on top of all that, you have just life expenses, right? I currently have a house in Dallas. Those expenses don't stop, right? Yes, I have renters in there. But when shit pops up, you still got to pay for that. My phone stopped recording. So my bad. But <laughs> what I'm saying is, and let me just kind of bring this to a close, is you still have your life expenses outside of wherever you live, right? And then you add on your cost of living, your new cost of living, more importantly, and then just things you want to do on top of that. I think I have been smart enough with my money that I don't need to be overly smart, right? I'm not trying to save till I'm 65 and then cash out my 401k, make sure I have million dollars in savings. And yeah, this might be a broke mindset, but just keep making money, you know, like, and as long as you still have that steady flow of income, don't stop what you want to do. If you want to move to a different city, if you want to sign a nicer apartment, you want to try a different restaurant, don't buy a car maybe, you know, stay off of that expense because you don't really need that shit. But just try shit. If you want to do it, just do it, bro. Expenses are going to come no matter what in life. Damn, it sounds like a, a locker room speech to spend some money. You're going to end up spending, right? Either way, just 
at least have fun with it. I have no issue with spending. My issue is with tipping. <laughs> and this tipping epidemic, pandemic, epidemic, let's go with epidemic, has been insane, bro. In high school, I think the most popular job was people working at restaurants, whether they were uh, busboys, servers, uh, line cooks, even hostess. Did I say that? Whatever. They were in the restaurant business and they were making the most money, mainly off of tips. Now, I remember I, I was a sales associate at a shoe store. It was called Finish Line, basically like Foot Locker, since I, I just tell people that because it's more familiar. But I was selling shoes and you bust your ass doing that shit. Well, back then you had to bust your ass doing that because you were making commission. And yes, I get it. Since you're making commission, you don't necessarily deserve a quote unquote tip. But it kind of made sense to me, right? You're servicing this servicing. You're giving customer service to this one person, giving them your attention, giving them your knowledge, you know, like, hey, I think you should get this shoe, maybe with these insoles. Yes, you're being a, a salesman at the end of the day, but you're still giving them this certain service. Do I think I should have been making tips? Not necessarily, but seeing how much those cats were making at restaurants on tips, shit was crazy. I was very envious of that. Servers on average, I think, you know, like back then, what was the, the thing that they would say? They make $3 per hour. And this is back when minimum wage was seven fifteen, And I'm referring to being in Dallas. I made $5 an hour base. And then you would make either 1% per shoe sale. This is per hour, 2% on accessories and then, oh, sorry, 2% on apparel and then 5% on accessories. So, you know, they want, cause they know the shoes are going to sell, right? How do we get you to push the things that are ancillary items? How do I get you to push the shoe cleaner, the socks, the t-shirt, the shorts that go with the shoes? So you'd make more commission on those items. Most of the time. I was still making minimum wage though. So if your $5 plus commission doesn't break that 715 mark, you make 715 on your paycheck. The servers I knew, and, and obviously that 715 is just normally during dead times, which is the majority of the time. And then yes, during Christmas, you're probably banking in $12 an hour, which is awesome, but you're busting your ass, not making tip on top of that. Servers I knew were probably making at least 20 bucks an hour. And I was so envious. They were making bank. And the rule of thumb was you have to double tip. That is what I was taught to do, right? Your tip, let's say your tax is $7 on the tab. You double that, you tip $14. Okay, I get it. You know, like if that's what you're going to teach me and that's the thing to do, I'm down. I have been to restaurants where the customer service has been absolutely amazing. And you want to, you know, like be able to incentivize, incentivize that behavior. So then the next customer that comes after me gets that same experience. With the shoe sale stuff, what they actually have done now is they have switched over to minimum wage. I don't know what it is. Eight bucks, 10 bucks, Around that area, I think is minimum wage in Texas right now. 
Let me just look it up. Give me two seconds. Is the minimum wage in Texas seven twenty five per hour? There's no way, right? It's like a ten cent, twenty cent difference since I was working there. Can someone tell me what the minimum wage in Texas is? There's some things that say fifteen dollars an hour. There's some things that say seven twenty five. The minimum wage in California is fifteen, so maybe seven twenty five is correct. But that's crazy because the cost of living there has for sure skyrocketed. My point being that shoe salesmen now make a base pay and it reflects in the customer service you get, right? Like, bro, I got to do a magic trick to get someone's attention at a footlocker or a finish line nowadays. And that I think is reflected in like the pay structure. If you're making commission, more than likely you're going to be trying harder. If you're working on tips, more than likely you are going to be trying harder. So I'm good with the tip-based salary structure as long as you're making above minimum wage, right? So you have room to go up, but you can at least count on a certain number of dollars in your bank account. Now, I may be wrong in the fact that like, if they don't break that minimum, then they make, let's say, $3 an hour. But then it's like, yo, something unlawful is happening here. That needs to be taken care of at a higher power that is not me, in my opinion. So now what has happened is the minimum that people say to tip is 20%. Now, I was tipping 20% during the 15% days when I felt like, oh, damn, you know what? I do got a little extra change in my pocket. This person was really dope to me. Let me tip 20%. And, you know, everyone always talks about it where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, everywhere you go, you see these tablets and they flip it over. And the minimum percentage there is 18 percent, 20 percent. I went to a coffee shop, I think yesterday morning. And I said, yo, can I get that croissant? She grabbed the croissant, put it in a bag. I paid for it. The tipping screen came up. Am I messed up for putting zero? I'm low-key traumatized from putting zero because in the past when I have done that, I have gotten nasty looks. I've even had a server change that zero on a check. I went to Buffalo Wild Wings, a top five place for the worst customer service in the world, right? Like it's part of the experience at this point. I went to Buffalo Wild Wings and I had an absolute horrible experience. Dude was a dick. I don't even think I got my food and I paid at the end. And I wrote in 0.00 for tip. Later, when I saw my check, I saw that it was $10 extra than what it was supposed to be. That means that fool put a one in front of my zero and turned it into a $10 tip. I didn't keep my receipt. So I couldn't, you know, prove that like, oh, wait, you know, like, no, I didn't do that. Got charged for that. There's been times at, you know, food trucks or whatever it is, I'll, I'll put that zero with full pride. And then they just kind of look at you. Or even when they ask you, that's, I think that is the most awkward thing. Or they say, hey, would you like to tip the kitchen today? The kitchen is right behind this uh, cashier looking at you. And you're like, what the, you know, like, at this point, you basically have to. Like, why can't you just bake that shit into the price that I'm paying? I don't want to go to a burger stand and you say, would you like to tip the kitchen today? Bro, just make that burger $8 instead of $7. Why are you putting that onus on me? Why do I got to make this decision when I come here? And it's everywhere, right? Like you go to an ice cream shop. 
and they, let's say they do help you out and they give you a bunch of uh, different samples. Maybe they hook you up with something and you tip, right? But at what point is it like, hey, this is the base job and I will tip the extra service I get on top of that. I want to make clear that I am all for tipping. I consider myself a good tipper. But once again, it's everywhere. Bro, I was already awkward enough when I had to, when I got to say like, no, I don't want to donate anything to charity. Those are the people I don't even see in the back. I'm not even in the same place as. Now you're asking if I want to tip the person that is on the other side of the screen or on the other side of the door in the kitchen. I don't want to be presented with that question. Bake that price into your shit and then leave tip based on, you know, the things that are actually providing service. I'm tired of seeing that 18, 20, 22%. And I think it's going to go up. I think there's, it's going to get to a point where people are like, oh, if you're not tipping 25% minimum, you shouldn't be eating out. What the fuck? Why do I got to tip 25% of my bill? I just ate out bills, hundred dollars. I got to pay one twenty-five. I ordered my drinks through a, a little kiosk thing. One person brought out my bottle of wine. I ordered my food through another person. A third person brought out the food. And then I had to, I paid for the tip and I walked, I, sorry, I paid for the bill up at the register at the front. Who am I tipping, bro? It's, I don't think it's going anywhere. And it's going to for sure get worse because it's like, ah, you know what? This restaurant, like Applebee's isn't going to increase my minimum wage. So you got to put more money in my pocket. And that's hand in hand with what I'm about to talk about with Oprah's charity. If you haven't kept up, we're getting off the tipping topic. But I talked about Maui a couple of weeks ago. But do y'all think this Oprah conspiracy is has any truth to it? Like, I'm all for a good conspiracy theory. Oh, we didn't actually land on the moon. That was staged. Uh, 9-11 was staged. Um, the government planted COVID so they could do this and that. I'm all for a good conspiracy. Do I believe all of them? Not really. Just like when I first heard about this one, I didn't really believe it. The rumor is, is that Oprah and many other celebrities in the Illuminati tier of people had something to do with the Maui wildfires. Pretty crazy, right? So the belief is that all these celebrities had these homes that were also in Maui, but they weren't even affected at all. They had private firefighters or private help to deter fires away from their house even before the fires even started. And at the same time, these people of Maui had no cell reception. They had no incoming warning that this was happening. They couldn't hire or they couldn't, you know, protect their house from what was on the horizon because they weren't told about anything. While at the same time, you see these celebrities with millions, if not billions of dollars, have their house unscathed. And now it's been trending a little bit more. So now I'm at the point where, I, you know, it piques my interest a little bit more. Where now you're looking into it and you're, you're, you're starting to put your own case together, right? So you start thinking like, well, look, 
during these natural disasters, we always get angry at celebrities because sometimes they do some dumb shit, right? Like during COVID, when all those celebrities were singing songs to us to make us feel better, it was like, man, shut the fuck up. I do not want to hear this shit from you. But we always get upset at these celebrities because they don't do enough or they do dumb shit or they don't do anything, right? So, oh, hey, why hasn't this person spoken up about the cause and has lended, like, why haven't they lent the hand? And sometimes the PR goes in a good way, right? Like what J.J. Watt was doing when natural disasters were hitting Houston and he was playing for the Texans at the time. Uh, When Beyonce was out there helping with food drives also in Houston, the PR does go both ways, right? Like we viewed them as, oh, awesome, right? They're, They're putting their foot forward and actually helping. I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome when a person that is capable actually puts themselves in that environment and is actually helping. Like when Biden went to go visit Maui, it's like, bro, what are you doing here? We don't need you at all. We need people that'll help rebuild these houses, people that'll help me find loved ones that have still not been found. And so we always get upset at these celebrities, but this one, you know, I'm, so, I'm I think I'm going to hop on board with this conspiracy theory. Cuz now it's at the point where their houses were fully protected. And now they start this charity. So there was a video that you can probably find anywhere where it was Oprah and Dwayne the Rock Johnson. And you know, they're standing there very so like very uh somber. Is that the word I want to use? very stern and just very upset about the disaster that has happened. And they say, oh, you know, we combined are going to, this is what is most important to Maui right now is we need money to rebuild. And I'm going to donate 500 million. I guess I'm talking in the eyes of Oprah. I'm going to donate 500 million. Oh, sorry. It was not 500 million. It was um, 5 million. I'm going to donate 5 million. The Rock, I'm sorry, Dwayne Johnson is going to donate $5 million. So combined, we're donating $10 million. And here is a fund for you guys to donate to, right? We will make sure this money gets put to good use. I do like when certain celebrities put out these own, like their own donation links, because if you feel like they're trustworthy, it helps me kind of take that step to donate versus if I just see like, a no face fund, right? Like if I'm like, oh, this, this place is just, or this donation link is just a scam. It's just probably some shell company trying to rip me off. You know, like I come up with my own stories, but when there's a face to it and you feel like, oh, you know what I do? I do trust this face. You donate to it, but you know, like I don't fault it. I just don't like the whole, Hey, here's a place where you can donate your money because people are going to do it. And this has probably raised a good amount of money. And I, I talked about it last time, where, right? Where it's like, hey, this natural disaster happened. Like, where are the bigger parties that can help alleviate this fast? Or sorry, not fast, but alleviate this with a bigger impact and with less stress on their lives, right? Asking people that live in apartments and are going from paycheck to paycheck to donate money doesn't make sense to me. And so there's been all this Oprah hate. And I do think this will eventually dissolve, pan out. Like, this is something that won't stick around in the news for long. But if I'm Oprah, and I want to show my consolidarity 
with the people of Maui after they have lost everything, their houses, their cars, like absolutely burnt to the ground. The only thing she can do is burn her own house down. Am I wrong? Like, obviously, yes, I'm joking to an extent, right? But misery loves company. People would feel so much better if Oprah was doing all of this to raise this money, if she was also impacted by this natural disaster that people felt like was staged. Because then the theory is like, oh, okay, you know, like this natural disaster happened and these rich people were unscathed by it. Now they have all this land that they can possibly buy up for pennies on the dollar, and then they can do their thing. So do I think there's a correlation between the rich and what happened here? I don't. I don't think there's some big conspiracy at play. I think it's just a moment of high emotions, anger. And how do you justify that, right? You don't want to see someone like you lived next to your neighbor, your shit gets burned down. Of course, you're going to be angry at the person's house that doesn't get burned down. It's natural. You're angry. Misery loves company, right? They say that for a reason. But, you know, like, I think this is how it all starts, right? Like you say like, oh, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. And then in 10 years, some Netflix documentary comes out and you're like, man, I had it. I, I knew it. I didn't doubt it for one second. <laughs> but yeah, if you haven't heard about it, check it out and comment your thoughts. With that being said, bring this to a close once again. But I do want to tell you guys that I will be moving the cadence of the podcast over to Tuesday morning. I got some feedback, you know, from people that it was like, oh, well, Monday morning sometimes is my busiest. And then if I lose track of it on Monday, then I tend to not watch it. In addition to that, there is some data and some articles I read that said 5 a.m. on Tuesday is the best time to release. So after this episode, which I think drops on, is it 9-11? Wow. Conspiracy day all day. Um, I will be moving it over to Tuesday mornings. Other than that, I don't really have much going on this week. Don't forget to drop a like. Try to share it with a friend if you can. Subscribe if you haven't. I'm going to start going up to my friends and checking their phones at uh, social events for sure. Uh, <laughs> and then as my final message to you, I just want to say, go spend that money, bro. Who cares? You'll make it back eventually. I hope you guys enjoyed episode five. I will see you guys next week on Tuesday. And thank you again. Bye.